the Totes Fades, where we compile the ultimate list of everything in the known universe. Tonight, in the Chupacabra-filled Battle Dome, we have four lone gunmen. First, he may be slim, but don't call him slender, man. It's Eric Cunningham. <laughs> Some say if you say her name three times in the mirror, she'll appear. It's Zara, Zara. Zara Finley-Sherris. Next, he actually uses 11% of his brain. It's Deepu Murdy. Finally, I'm still extremely angry at the neighborhood kid who told me that hoverboards were real and his cousin owned one. I'm Brandon Werner. Continuing in our Halloween series, we are going to be talking about urban legends. But first, I'd like to welcome our guest, Eric Cunningham. Eric, if local children told your story, what would they say? I grew up in Virginia. I moved to New York to do comedy stuff. uh, um, Zara and I were in a sketch group a a long time ago and uh, do UCB stuff now and uh, uh, work on TV shows here and there. That's a, quite the thing for children to tell around the campfire. Oh, yeah, it's quite a boring <laughs> children's story. <laughs> Before we enter the Toad's Face Battle Dome, let's lock in our criteria of exactly what an urban legend is. Yes. So everyone, I'm sure you did your research. What do you think an urban legend is? So I had a lot of problems with this because I had to keep asking Brandon, is this an urban legend? Is this an urban legend? Because for me, a lot of urban legends just seem like ghost stories or things that would be in a ghost story book. But a ghost story can be in a... Yes. Okay. So that's important to know. And something that we disqualified from urban legends were things that existed outside of the modern... Like, not modern, but like century-old time. Yeah. Urban legend is something modern. Yes. Let's say pre-industrial age, you're talking folklore. Yeah. Right? Which is, I think, slightly yes. different. Babe the B- Blue Ox. Oh, I was suggesting Babe the Blue Ox. And he where is a tall fall? tale. Or yeah. is it he? I never knew. <laughs> uh, but that leads me to animals. When I think urban legends, something that comes up a lot is cryptozoology, cryptids. So mythical animals. And I think not all of them count, but some do. So I think yeah. that it comes down so to... So Chupacabra does count. I Because he could be in a city, right? Like, we're really yeah, focusing on the urban part. <laughs> no, urban... That's interesting, because urban legends don't have to be city. It's just... That's right. just the name, right? It's more something modern, something that's yeah. come out in the last hundred that's years. That's passed on by word of mouth word of and mouth. now through the internet. And yes. is most likely fake. Well, no, no it, it feels, feels real. It, it feels, feels real. But, but if it you research fake. it... Right away, it comes out fake, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you do, a, you do one little bit of research and one bit of logical thinking, and it goes away. Yeah. Well, maybe not logical thinking. I think the internet has really spoiled urban legends because I think it has to have like this core of believability. But now you can just spoil it immediately by going online. Yeah. I think you're right. It should evoke some kind of feeling inside of you, or speak to some kind of pretty sort of a prejudice or some kind of natural fear or something that uh, um, makes it more believable. It's kind of, it is sort of like old wives' tales where it is, oh, yes, exactly, I, I knew that was uh, um, the case. It's something a little scary. But now scary we're, all, we're all old wives. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we be first wives? First wives. <laughs> Maybe have a club. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's, I think, uh, cryptids, I think some of them are more like phenomena, where there's, the, ge- the geography is all over the place. They've, have lots of quote-unquote evidence. People could really argue about them for a long time. It's not like if you list 
something like Bloody Mary, you're not going to, you might find some people, but you're not going to find someone that can put out a binder. Yeah. And like, here's all of my evidence for that thing. Right. Yeah. So I think it's more something that's really localized to one time, one story, one tale. It might have a little bit of like some offshoots, but that's why I think all cryptids are not necessarily urban legends. Yeah. But of course, not all urban legends are cryptids. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And I think it also comes down to conspiracies because oh, yeah. conspiracies. Oh yeah, where do they fall? Because this is a lot think, of them turned into conspiracies. I think conspiracies are kind of a way to explain an urban legend. Yeah. They might not. They might they're not, not the legend. They're itself. not the legend yeah. itself. Like conspiracy is a. It's not like here's the legend and now here's the conspiracy that came out that explains mm. that thing. So I don't think many conspiracies, although I'd love to talk about them at some other time, but lots of thoughts are necessarily urban legends. Right. Yeah. So I was focusing around two criteria. One being like, could this or could this not be on Mythbusters? Because I feel like that's like a pretty centralized location for urban legends. I actually went on and Wikipedia for Could it appear in that Joshua Jackson movie, Urban Legend? I didn't see it. I'm at a disadvantage. Oh. oh. So every time I tried searching urban legends, because I just needed like a jumping off point. Um, like it cheating. Was just put, just like cheating. Because then there was some, <laughs> this is because this is, it, when I started, I was like, oh God, these all just sound like ghost stories. I don't know if this counts. And so I w- wanted to make sure they were like sourced elsewhere. And it was just posters of Joshua Jackson is what I found. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. It was, it was, an, it was an eventful afternoon. <laughs> so I think we can, it's safe to say we're talking post-industrial revolution, uh, one specific tale. Uh, specific. I think that's important. Specific, right? It's not like a phenomenon. Like Bigfoot is like seven yeah. billion different stories and mm-hmm. witnesses and everything. And I also think, like for example, I would say Bigfoot in general isn't an urban legend. However, I think there's something personal. Like, for example, if my uncle says he saw Bigfoot, that kind of makes it an urban legend. Yeah. There's a little bit of evidence. His story of yes. Bigfoot, yeah. could, if it, the little kids told it around the campfire, yeah. it could be an urban legend. Yeah. But Bigfoot himself, he's just a legend. Mm-hmm. Basically, a campfire has to be involved at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Or at least like an emoji of a fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Toads, Faves, Battledome. This week's topic, urban legends. Our contestants and their Toads, Faves, urban legends are... Eric, suburban teen morality legends... Humans can lick too. Have you dreamt this man? And 9-11 dry run. Zara. Bonsai kittens. AIDS needles. Vodka tampons. Bloody Mary. Deepu. Jamie Lee Curtis is a hermaphrodite. Fiberglass and tampons. Swallowing too much gum impacts your bowels. And if you fart, sneeze, and burp at the same time, you explode. Brandon, poison Halloween candy. Bill Murray, the Mothman, the Jersey Devil. Favitron matchups complete. Round one, 9-11 dry run versus suburban mortality lessons for teens all right well uh uh, suburban morality lessons for teens this is kind of a a little bit of a cheat because i wanted to count rainbow parties butt chugging and jankum 
all in the same thing. And basically, if you don't know what these are, rainbow parties are basically something you would see. These are all basically local news urban legends. Local news stations across the country will all report on these urban legends. Rainbow parties was the idea that teenagers would have essentially sex parties where I guess the idea is that all of the girls would wear a different color lipstick, lipstick. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and, and, uh, um, have oral sex with these guys, leaving a rainbow on their penis. Uh, which, of course, doesn't make any sense if you think logistically it's, does, it doesn't add up. Butt chugging is the idea of soaking a tampon in uh, grain alcohol and then getting drunk on it faster because you've put it in your butt. Now, is that the same or different as a butt funnel? So That's butt different. chugging... Almost from my research, because um, later on, because you researched, I researched for my uh, personal research when I was looking at vodka tampons, which was my number two, my totes fave for this, was that butt chugging seems to be more for guys. Oh, because it's like a funnel Mm. to the butt of beer or vodka, whereas vodka tampons, tampons. yeah, because it seemed like rare that a man would insert a tampon into his butt. In order to get drunk, because the feminine prize. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. And, and <laughs> Jankum is uh, the idea that kids would essentially take feces and like baking soda and other household products and put it in an empty two liter bottle, put a balloon over the top, let it ferment for a day, and then it would cause gas to inflate the balloon, and then you would get high off of the balloon. And this, of course, doesn't actually create any kind yeah, of. Yeah, I'm glad that they're all. Kind of grouped together yes. because they're all like little urban legends. Yeah, they're little, and they end up on local news on Oprah yeah. because the rainbow party is one of the classic uh, grandma stories that I have. Is that my grandma, when I had a friend over in high school, asked us if uh, they she called them blowjob parties, <laughs> if whether there you had blowjob parties at school at and, school at school like in the gym. Yeah, so she, I don't think she was really watching Oprah carefully. So I, I believe I, yeah. at one point this might have been on Oprah, but there is, it's like a whole class of these kind mm-hmm. of urban legends. What, what I really like about these is that they start off fake. They have to be fake. Then the media reports on them, and then I'm sure people try it. Like once butt chugging became a popular thing, people started trying it. Once Jenkum was a thing on the news, you're like, oh, well, I can get high by mixing this stuff. I'm going to look it up There's and do it. There's self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Yeah, but I, I was going to say, I was going to challenge this because I have friends at WVU that have definitely butt-chugged. <laughs> but after, and, after and it came out on the news. Circa 2001, which was mildly pre-internet really blowing up, <laughs> arguably. <laughs> um, I used to be an EMT, and our teacher told us that she had two people come in for respiratory failure Due to cow boxing, which is really similar where you just put a box with a hole in it over a piece of shit and inhale the nitrous that way to get high. And she had two people come in for cow boxing, which I feel is like the starter of a Jenko jeans. Jenko <laughs> jeans. Uh, but it doesn't actually get you high, and the, the I don't think uh, we've argued about this many times, but I don't <laughs> think butt chugging with the tampon will actually get you drunk. And rainbow parties don't make any sense. Well, the one it's pitted against is also mine, uh, and it's my number one, and it's, based, it's called 9-11 Dry Run. And this is the urban legend where James Woods, uh, the actor, conservative, and uh, I, I do not like him, but uh, where basically he was on a first-class flight in the months or possibly year, a couple years before 
he sees some men eyeing the stewardesses and the pilots and all this stuff and taking notes and jotting things down. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do about this. And so the, and nothing, ever, nothing happens. The plane lands. He doesn't address the, the men, but he goes to Delta or US Air or whatever it is. And uh, he goes, hey, I, I know this is weird, but I saw these men taking notes and I don't know if they're planning a hijacking or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, nothing happened. Uh, um, why I picked it as my number one is that it sounds like an urban legend, but it's true. Like he actually, it's true. It's, that's when well, it's true. Is, so some urban legends are true. Yeah. So that's, that's an important thing. His story, like he said this. He said this. And, and then they went though. back and looked at who was on the flight that he filed the what? complaint what? with. What? And it was the 9-11 hijackers. No. No. Yes. yes. So wait, James wait, Woods, so. James Woods could have been like the savior of our time. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that he told someone and they didn't do anything. You're right. He did. Ev- he did he everything. Did, he, he could have been the savior of yes. our time. Yes. Uh, just a note, not to get meta. We are all having the quintessential urban legend response <laughs> like, in this moment right now. And this like, is the first automatically one. <laughs> That's what I love. It is that it's no, but I have heard this one way back when it yes. came out. I remember it was got all over the news. Yeah. It was a thing. Um, we kind of lived through this urban legend, and it, it's worked its way out of our heads which i feel is a cycle for urban legends because zara mentioned one that she didn't use which was avril levine is dead which i'm obsessed (laughs) with and replaced by another person which is actually because everyone had forgotten about the urban legend that paul mccartney was dead and replaced by someone right so a lot of times these urban legends we leave our consciousness and and then come back yeah right so we had forgotten about it but this is not even well it is an urban legend but yeah it's pretty amazing that James Woods could have been the savior yeah. of the Earth. I am Googling I, this as soon as we're oh, it's done on, here. It's on Snopes. Uh, uh, Double-checked yes. it. It's got the whole story. It all checks out. Uh, and then in the intervening years, he's become kind of a, a real uh, uh, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're comfortable with uh, 9-11 dry run. Oh, yeah. 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 My absolute favorite. <laughs> and also my vodka tampons are in there. <laughs> I'm ready. In where? <laughs> You'll see. The Mothman versus AIDS needles. Um, well, I'll explain the AIDS needles. This is something that I experienced at firsthand growing up in New York when there was such an AIDS panic in the late 80s, early 90s when I was a child. And the panic expressed itself in the idea that in public phone coin slots people would leave aids infected needles as kind of a prank like a horrible prank to get so when people reached in to get their change they would sort of stab themselves and become infected and the same way there was an idea that like needles were in movie seats that people put them in the movie cushion i list these as i list these as mom urban legends almost it's a list of razor blade and an apple a modern Old wives' tale. Yeah. Because those are the kind of things where I'll get when I'm on the phone with my mom, like, I heard that AIDS needles are everywhere. So just watch out. I'm not saying you're going to get pricked by an AIDS needle, but they're everywhere. And there was another one that I remember that I couldn't find any (laughs) source for, so maybe I dreamed it. (laughs) (laughs) That there was people on the subway with umbrellas, and they would have needles in the umbrella and, like, prick people on the subway. Well, I do. This is, I believe, unless I'm making up an urban legend, that uh, the CIA used to do uh, po- used to poison people with the tips yes! of, a, 
uh, an umbrella, and maybe that's where it's kind of combining that's with H and combining it. No, 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 with like regular poison that would you know poison. Yeah, but there used to be things that, like idea of like someone crazy on the subway is going to stab you with an AIDS needle. <laughs> it's like a very legit. real. No, that was a very real fear for children in New York in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> early nineties. Yeah. So that, uh, we have AIDS needles now. Next, I think it's one of the quintessential urban legends. It's been around for a, a while now, uh, and that's the Mothman. Everyone here familiar with? The Mothman, or is I, I, I feel I'm like I'm I know I do. I'm familiar with West Virginia. The Mothman yes. prophecies. Yes, Was we're all familiar same? with the Richard Gere movie, Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> I don't think anyone actually has seen it, but know. everyone knows that Richard Gere was in it. Uh, this dates back to November 1966. Uh, a group of five men were digging a grave and saw this creature fly overhead. And then from there on in, for a year, this urban legend exploded and this town point pleasant west virginia was terrorized by this creature uh, hundreds of people have claimed to have seen it and they all all described it as being 6 to 7 feet tall with giant wings huge red eyes but like no neck and it flew like hundreds of miles per hour because it used to chase cars while this was happening there were also all these lights in the sky so some People like to equate it. Maybe it was of alien. Also, men in black start appearing in the town and asking questions. Animal mutilations start appearing in the area with the anuses removed from the animals. Ah, uh, Something's happening in this small town. Uh, and 13 months later, 13 months okay. later, December 1967, the bridge in the town collapses and 46 people die. And witnesses all over the bridge before it happened claimed to have seen the Mothman. But after that, all of the legitimate sightings, basically all sightings in that town of the Mothman, gone. No more. And he's basically never seen, seen again. Because he felt bad about breaking the bridge? What's the bridge? What's, what was the point of that? He, he destroyed it, Zara. I know. <laughs> in the legend, is he was either trying to help people on the bridge or he is one that destroyed the bridge. What I, what I think kind of makes this more of an urban legend than just like a Bigfoot kind of thing is that how it's so specific and so recent and there are people who are like, I saw the Mothman or my uncle saw the Mothman. What are non-urban legends explanations for this? Is it like, right now there's the alien explanation. There is the, there's a weird animal. Is there a mass hysteria? Is there a government conspiracy? When you talk about the Mothman, there's so many sightings that there must have been something flying around there because yeah. it was hundreds of people there might have been some mass mass hysteria is one of the, the theories but a lot of times when you read about the mothman it's like it couldn't have just been mass hysteria because it's such a specific weird thing that yeah. comes out of nowhere one of the more scientific theories is that it was like a large heron that had mutated <laughs> or like a like a strange disheveled large heron yeah. that was flying around that area the bridge thing is the real intriguing yeah. part about it. Because after the bridge, he's gone. I found amazing photos. Of the of, Mothman? Of the Mothman on the bridge. <laughs> yes. that, that just say evidence. <laughs> yes, there's one photo of the Mothman on the bridge. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. Evidence. And so that's what inspired. It was kind of, it was a flash in the pan and then it was forgotten about. And then the 80s, a, the book, The Mothman Prophecies was published. That's the one that went hard on the extraterrestrial theory but that's the one that kind of made it popular into yeah. like a real urban legend and the movie is based on the book. i feel bad for him that he had to be called mothman and not like birdman, birdman or like something cooler because it was just Crazy a man boy. with wings 
Yeah, it's like the '60s, so he I think it probably had something to do with superheroes. They wanted like a man at the end of it. Oh, he yeah. looks kind of like an owl to me in all the fo- in all yeah. the drawings. He's got a little Mothra in him. Now I'm gonna argue on my side that Mothman to me is on the the lists of urban legends. I feel Mothman is a great example of what an urban, like a, a real urban legend. The AIDS needles are urban, but. They're literally urban. <laughs> They're literally yeah. urban. This happens in cities only. Worst <laughs> place in West Virginia, which is not urban. It's but <laughs> in the definition of urban legend, is I feel that's just the urban part is that you know modern day is uh, takes most people live in urban areas, so they right, 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 right. Yeah, but I think it's like uh, it's got that like spooky element that you're gonna get HIV from using the telephone. Like, I, think, I, I think thought you were going to say spooky really... element of Mothman. I didn't realize spooky element was leading to AIDS. But you're not going to get a campfire story around AIDS needles. But I do think AIDS needles is the kind of thing where it is... It starts somewhere and then spreads like wildfire. And everyone knows a guy who was reaching oh, to yeah. a coin slot. Exactly. Then... Yeah. But in West Virginia, in that town... <laughs> Everyone knows someone that had seen the Mothman, the Mothman, and every year they have a Mothman festival. Yeah, like so for that town, like that's their identity. Yeah, yeah, but they have an AIDS walk every year, <laughs> <laughs> all across the nation, not just in one specific place. What, what I think is interesting about AIDS needles is. <laughs> uh, what I like about it as an urban legend is that it fulfills that niche of uh, high risk, low life change. Like it's that, oh yeah. man, if you don't do, if you don't like, uh, if you, it's sort of a similar thing where if you just don't step on sidewalk cracks, then you won't have bad luck for the rest of your life. If you don't, if you don't smash a mirror, you won't have bad luck for the rest of your life. It's kind of in that same vein of if you just don't put your finger in that little coin slot, then you won't get AIDS. Yeah. Like it is that like small life it's change, which I think why it spreads so fast. It's like, oh yeah, I just will stop doing that. And I'll warn people because. Everybody should just stop looking if it, if there's even a. Well, are those what you listed? Are, are what you just listed superstitions? Yeah. Or urban legends? Yeah, that's true. Though this one is tied to science in that it could happen even if it, it isn't. It's a possibility. Happening. I think it's a pure urban legend. I don't. Did it ever happen? It didn't happen. No. Okay. It never it might happened. Have. But so your well, your argument is that Mothman could have happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Gere also very much happened. <laughs> And he has his own urban legends around him as well. I know. I almost didn't. I didn't want to talk about it. It's very graphic. And they're... <laughs> Which also involves sticking something in a place that we shouldn't talk about. I'm sorry, Brandy. I got to go with the it's AIDS, AIDS needles. Okay. Let's just talk about AIDS some more. Bloody Mary versus Poison Halloween Candy. I don't know what Bloody Mary is. What is Bloody Mary? Um, Bloody Mary is... Wait, how do you not know? This Were, is you Were you a child? Were you a child? I don't know. Maybe he didn't have any mirrors. Oh, <laughs> oh is this where you say your Bloody name three Mary times? in the mirror 13 times. The legend is what? that if you look into a mirror, you turn off the lights, and you say Bloody Mary's name 13 times, she comes and kills you. And then oh. she's a witch. Basically, okay. Is comes. there a story why would she, why she would well, do that? Well, I did some research. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, the idea of a mirror witch is an old one, but it's sort of become confused with the idea of Bloody Mary, who is the nickname of Mary Tudor, who is um, Henry VIII's eldest daughter. This one, I think, just makes it in under the skin of its teeth in 
post-industrial uh, age. I think it's like <laughs> yes. right in the industrial think, age. What I think is it's drawing on a, a primal early fear that's existed forever. Of mirrors. But this is of mirrors and darkness. Oh, I was reading this cool, this weird thing that um, between the ages of 9 and 12 children, there's something called the Robinson Age. Um, which is a period when children need to satisfy their craving for excitement by participating in ritual games and playing in the dark. Oh, okay. And they're constantly looking for a safe way to extract pleasure and release anxiety and fear. So this oh. is like a classic slumber party game. For it comes from the fear age. of the dark more yes. than like full out. Yes. And yes. fear of confronting yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you go into so you're at a slumber party. You go yeah. into the bathroom. You all go into the bathroom. Oh, you all go together. Well, you shut the door. I dare Eric to go into that bathroom right now. <laughs> I won't Don't do it. Don't do it. I won't do it. But it's just podcast. I'll do it. Kazar didn't mention she's covered in scratches. Yeah. Oh. oh, that was also a part of it. Was that you would get she would come out and like grab you, so then all the people who knew someone who knew someone it was like, and then she came out of the bathroom and she was covered with scratches and had scratches on her face. Sounds like she had seven minutes in heaven with Bloody Mary. Wait, so, so you turn, you, you all go into the bathroom. Yeah. You close the door. You yeah. turn off the light. One of you says Bloody Mary 13 times. Yeah. No, 12 times and then you run away. <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of like, well, I guess it, so that part makes it to me kind of weird because you can do it and then Bloody Mary won't show up. And well, then you're like, well, that's the end of that. Nobody's ever well, done no, it. No one knows. Nobody knows. No, but also, <laughs> there's another thing I read about um, that there's a guy, this is a recent study in, in um, a journal called Perception by this guy, Giovanni Caputo, who studied, he called it the strange face illusion. And it's, he actually was testing out the idea that if you go into a dark room and look into a mirror for a minute, over a minute, you start to see things. Oh, weird. Which is just a phenomenon that they're still trying to understand, but it's based on kind of like sensory deprivation. It's yeah. dark, and so you're trying to like piece together what you're actually seeing, and you sort of put yourself into a trance, yeah. and then it leads you to see things where there is nothing. Hmm. So in a way, you always will see Bloody Mary, because you're like freaking yourself out. Oh, yeah, like for, oh, for half a second I saw her. Yeah, I saw something move. You see I would theorize you're basically hypnotizing you're, yourself. You are hypnotizing yourself. Right? Because you're looking, it's dark, you're looking into your eyes. Yeah. You're probably not blinking because you're so, you're, right. you're scared. Right? So you are hypnotizing yourself and people are pretty easy to get to Especially get if there's a trance. Certain people. Six, yeah. like, nine-year-old girls in the bathroom shrieking you will <laughs> yeah yeah you will be scared. so also on the little kid world we've got poison halloween candy which we've all lived yes we've all been through it uh, i feel we were probably the perfect age for it to be like real for us because my research said it started in like the mid to late 70s and kind of still carries on to this day but was really at its peak when we were young, like yeah. late 80s, early 90s. And did you read why? Because I researched this. I didn't realize this because I was grew up with this, of course. And um, the thing about the Tylenol being poisoned, the guy oh. in the Tylenol That's factory, one. That's one way. And that was in the 82 or something? Halloween candy, at different points, has been tampered with. And children have been killed or, or, or hurt. But all of it, from the Halloween candy <laughs> standpoint, was from family members people oh, that they knew now yeah. the, the 1974 there was a, a man a man who put uh arsenic and 
the pixie sticks that that his kids got at Halloween, so that he could then blame it on strangers. When they finally did the, re- did oh. the investigation, they found out it was the father. Yeah. Every time there's been a Halloween poisoning in history, it's the dad. It's the dad or the mom <laughs> or the grandma, which is really sad, <laughs> but. Truthfully, I think this all, the poison Halloween candy is part of the greater whole of stranger danger, a urban legend unto itself. And it's complete BS because really most children, this is so sad. Most children are hurt by those closest to them and they're actually safer with a stranger. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) To me, this resonates the same way that AIDS needles does. Because yeah, it is in that of- same way of just like, you always got to watch out. And it's, it's a small effort just to check that candy, uh, um, but high risk. Because if you don't yeah. check the candy, your kid could die. And now my parents, I feel, were also using it as, as an excuse to go through and cherry pick some of the ones that they like. <laughs> That's where those peanut butter cups went. All yes. peanut butter cups. Now, we never had a poison candy situation. We always had the razor blades. Right. And candy. But it got so bad that in Steubenville, Ohio, where I grew up, they would open up the x-ray machines at the hospital so you could go get your, like, bag of candy x-rayed before what? you ate it. That's pretty extreme. Well, sharp objects have happened in a few rare cases, but poisoning, no way. And I feel it's always, for us, it was always poison. That candy's been poisoned. How would you poison candy or put a razor blade, a razor blade and an apple I get? How would you put razor blade or poison a Snickers bar? First, you need a witch. And then she has to be really jealous. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's why it's not, it's, it's rare, right? It doesn't yeah. happen. It's, it's a complete scuttlebutt. It's a complete, yeah. it's a complete myth. It's and, the biggest scuttlebutt. Yeah, for us. Because I think it's a, it was one of those things where if, a, if one of the candy bars that you really liked had accidentally opened up, and your parents are checking, like, oh, look, this one was, has a little bit, yeah. a little bit oh, torn, thrown away. And like, oh, no, that was, a, that was a, not a fun-size Snickers. That was like a half-size yeah. Snickers. Uh, candy and Bloody Mary. Who's going to make it through? I, I like Bloody Mary. I think it's an interesting. I learned about it today. But I'm going to go with uh, Halloween candy being poison because I think over time, Bloody Mary will go away. But as long as Halloween exists... Halloween candy will be rumored to be poison. I'm going to go not only because Halloween candy was mine, it's actually s- sort of destroying Halloween. Now, <laughs> you've seen this thing now, like every year there's less and less trick or treaters, which I also oh, think yeah. is a part of now the Gen Xers are having kids and stranger they danger. are all wanting to, they afraid of stranger danger, but they also are so into themselves that they just want to party uh, and get going with <laughs> slutty costumes and they're not walking their kids around on Halloween. So there's less trick or treaters than ever. And yeah. so I feel it's an urban legend that's really uh, strong today. And yeah. Bloody Mary is there, but it's not. Something that's like still pervasive. Deeply. I'm gonna go with the candy too, Zara. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna switch to candy just because it it de- it still makes me nervous and angry about the candy that was taken from my bag. But if it makes you feel better, I was like personally affected by fear of Bloody Mary between oh, like eight it. to twelve. I'll do Bloody Mary after this. No. <laughs> we'll post photos of him cut up on the website. <laughs> yeah, please use my body for viral fame. Have you dreamt this man versus fiberglass tampons? Even though I don't even use tampons, I've heard that the uh, tampon companies will put fiberglass in the tampon to then make you bleed more, Zara, so that you have to go buy more <laughs> tampons. And this was just a huge thing they were doing to increase tampon sales 
um, and making women bleed more on the side. Oh, I've never heard that. I have heard this. Something related to this is that there's become a whole health consciousness surrounding tampons to the point where people are now using like that cup, the, the diva cup, cup, the diva I, cup and keepers and things like that, which is one way. But another way is companies have started to make these like all cotton tampons, which actually because fiberglass does not exist in tampons, it's not true <laughs> in any way. Uh, allegedly. That, allegedly. <laughs> it's not true in any way. The science is still out. Science, <laughs> but those cotton tampons actually, there's no difference. Like even a, it mass produced like a Tampax tampon is in no way worse than some like beautiful organic, nature's valley yeah. organic. Like it makes well, it's, not, it's not all tampons. It's just the pearls. Just the pearls? Oh, it's no. just the pearls. That's the only one that put the fiberglass in it. But I love the pearls. <laughs> Everybody loves the pearls. <laughs> I've never heard that before. But I think that also taps into that idea where you've all, you've heard the legend. I assume it's true where it's like uh, the um, uh, dishwashing detergent. It's yeah. Like, how do we increase sales twenty percent? And then the janitor comes in and he's like, "Make the hole twenty percent bigger." And then they're just like, "Okay, great, we'll do that," and no one will notice. Yeah, there's a product urban legend. Yeah, but I'm really interested about this. Um, Have dr- you dreamt dream. this man? So this is a, an urban. This is the, probably the most recent urban legend that I heard. And this was me having a, a, um, some drinks with some friends in LA, and they were like, "Oh, have you heard of the um, Have you dreamt this man uh, uh, thing?" And basically. Uh, Essentially, there are posters hung up, and all they say is, have you dreamt this man? And it has a poster of kind of a middle-aged balding man. Uh, um, and it's this guy. I'm holding it up on, on a phone right now. Um, and then it has a contact number at the bottom. Basically, uh, and also th- there's fine print saying, like, a lot of people have reported dreaming this man. It's imperative that you contact me uh, um, if you have because I'm, uh, I'm studying this case. And it's so vague. It does. It isn't. What I like about this is it isn't like it doesn't have a specific. Like I'm supposed to scare you out of you know uh, uh, putting your finger in phone things. It's just a general like. Is there some kind of weird uh, um, dream jumping entity that will that can just that actually exists and will jump from each of our minds in the dream the dream world? Freddy Krueger, you mean? A Freddy Krueger type person, <laughs> but but without the murder part. It's just like a general. What does he want? Does he exist? Because I think the Freddy Krueger thing is like, oh, this is a scary story designed to scare me, and I know it's not true. Well, he's also a f- he's a fake urban legend. A he, fake, yes, yeah, yeah, he's an urban legend in the in, in, that, the, in that world. Um, but what I like about this is that it doesn't say that he kills you in your sleep. It doesn't say you go crazy after you see him. It's a very. Subtle I feel like if you have dreamt him, you would know. Yes, yeah, what he does. Well, what I also like is that the face is generic enough where you're like, I don't think I have, but. <laughs> Maybe I've seen this guy before. It's like, I can't go, no way. I've never dreamt this guy before. But Eric, most people I know have two eyebrows. Just for the listeners at home, he has a pretty continuous single brow. (laughs) That's like his distinguishing feature. In a really big mouth. Yeah, he's hopping dreams looking for Like, he looks like if Rumpelstiltskin was drawn by a police sketch (laughs) artist, (laughs) that's who it would be. Oh my God, I had dreamt him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there he is. Yep. But this is similar to me to the in New York City. We have those um, that man that posted all the personal ads for himself on all the phone poles. Oh yeah, I saw that. And they downtown. It wasn't an urban legend. Well, it sort of became an urban legend, and then they did 
think Gothamist did a, a, finally contacted him, and it was a guy that was putting up personal ads for himself because he was so sick of the internet. Um, now my only concern is I don't I don't get what the legend part is. The legend is basically it's what I like is that it's an implied legend. Essentially, it's saying your dreams are not your own creation. Mm. That there's somebody who can go in them, mess around, and then also affect other people and just kind of travel between our like in an inception situation. Yeah, right? like an inception situation. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it 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 essentially creates a new type of ghost slash werewolf slash whatever. Yeah. And that's what I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I like it. I've never heard of it. But I, I do, I do like it. Do I like it more than the fiberglass tampons, which I also ha- hadn't heard of until just just now? I uh, have. That's something all women know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of like the the man. I like the man. man. But oh, really? I think you must hate women then. No, no. This, <laughs> just he's also whining in women's dreams. Is is he not? <laughs> he's not gender specific to dreams. Um, I don't know, because I'm just, I'm interested in the man, because I've never heard of him before. And I like that, and that almost the novelty of it is making me go, oh. I'm going to, I'm going to pull an audible and switch it to a fiberglass tampon, because I've never heard of it before. And it's hitting that, I'm realizing I have a sweet spot for consumer urban legend. Yeah. Uh, And they're underrepresented on this list. They are, yeah. Yeah. So even, I'm going with, I'm. Letting go of the man that I have never dreamt yet. Uh, and going to uh, Fabulous Empire. The Jersey Devil versus Bonsai Kittens. Um, should I explain? All right, Bonsai Kittens. This is something from the early days of the internet that I was obsessed with. And it launched in the year 2000 um, by someone at M- MIT. Launched a website that's basically a how-to instruction website on how to make your very own bonsai kitten which is a kitten that you grow inside of a bottle like a ship in the bottle so that it forms the shape of the bottle and so you could use a square bottle and a circular bottle all different types and so you can make different shaped kittens and the instructions were very very specific in a horrible horrible (laughs) gross way involving like feeding tubes and glue and like drugs that you should feed the cat to put it to sleep so you can insert it into the bottle it was just very like specific and all very poorly photoshopped really (laughs) like not even photoshopped it was just photos of kittens inside of bottles let me also say that the 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 steps no if you if you if you look at this website the steps are like here's a kitten yeah here's a bottle then the next step is a kitten somewhat closer right, to a sure. bottle, and then step three, kittens in the bottle. In the bottle, yeah. How you get it? <laughs> um, so there, it's like because you would do it like a ship in the bottle when the kitten was very small. But how small could it, how big is a kitten when it's born? It's the size it's, of a fist, right? This is the problem with it. So basically, it's just kittens that are in jars that they did like really close up shots of, oh. so you see the kitten like in a jar because kittens get into yeah. Jars and it's adorable. Oh, yes, they do. Close ups on jars. But my favorite part about this so, this is like Dawn of the Internet prank kind of thing. Yeah. Very stupid. But the when this happened, um, it became such a huge deal of people trying to destroy it and animal rights activists and like people freaking out about it. And that in the year before, President Clinton signed a law that made it a federal felony to possess a depiction of animal cruelty with the intent to distribute it across state lines, what? which means the internet. 
So the FBI was on top of it and investigated and subpoenaed bonsai kittens to make them like turn over all of their sales data, like to find yeah. all the people who are buying and selling these bonsai kittens. Like yeah. it was a real thing and tried to shut down the website. And of course I, I'm guessing I was just all the, the articles I could find on it were like during the investigation and I don't actually know what happened, but the website still exists. If you Google bonsai kitten, it's there, but it's, it's basically, obviously uh, parody. It's a parody. It's yeah. like a silly joke that someone like a student did in their dorm room. The law wasn't a response to bonsai kitten. Just no, coincidentally, it happened, <laughs> it happened before. before. And I get it. Cause it's like, Oh, of course that law makes sense. Yeah. That's like nobody wants to see horrible things done to animals, but the fact that the FBI FBI used this as yeah. grounds to That's subpoena weird. and investigate them. And there were people that believed bonsai kids. Fully, including my sister who was so upset by it. I can imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. So upset and I used to open it up and show it to her to torment her. And this <laughs> this falls into another subcategory of urban legends, which is pure internet urban legends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I feel every day you're handed a new urban legend through the internet. And so many of them, I, I, when I was looking this up, this is something that existed for me when I was in high school, but there are urban legends now that are being created for like high schoolers now that, I, that are like crazy, like the Pokemon, which Lavender is, Town. Which is Slenderman, because Slenderman, Slenderman does not really hit me. Oh, at no. all. Uh, but yeah. some kids, you got one, I was just at Comic-Con last weekend, and there were several people cosplaying as Slenderman, which I is the it. creepiest, creepiest so costume. But there were several, and one was on stilts, and it was really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so even now, though it wasn't a part of your childhood, you still... I get it, it but it's not something yeah. that I, I it hit me. Which leads me to something that really hits me, because oh as a representative of, of New Jersey... Hometown here. I cannot... Uh, <laughs> I cannot not list the, the Jersey Devil. So did you see the new pictures? Well, that's why I had to put them in, okay. because the Jersey Devil has re-entered the conversation. Yes. Uh, this is another one where I have to play ignorance. I don't know what the oh. Jer- New Jersey Devil is. Okay. As legend goes, in the late 1700s, a uh, mother Leeds, who was a supposed witch in the area, uh, in Leeds Point, New Jersey. She's, her family was known in the area. Now, this is the Pine Barrens, the, the dark, piney, sand-filled dark region of new jersey yeah. so it's creepy if you've ever been down there okay it's just pine trees literally just pine trees and flat it looks really like flat. x-files territory looks like every <laughs> episode Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and there is a jersey devil not a very good one uh, x-files episode yeah. she had 12 children and on her 13th child it was a stormy night and as she was in in labor uh it was she was having incredible pains and she had this vision and screamed out, this one is going to be the devil. And out of her flew a creature that many describe as kangaroo-like with like a head of a, a, a goat and, or a horse and large bat wings and cloven hooves and uh, flew out of her and terrorized in the, the Pine Barren areas. There were several sightings throughout the 1800s but it kind of i really think it's an urban legend because it didn't really enter the conversation and all these tales didn't start to come about until the 1900s specifically 1909 where kind of like the mothman year it was like the year of the jersey devil and 
the newspapers reported hundreds and hundreds of cases of people seeing the Jersey Devil, and it never left New Jersey. In well, it, it well, actually it was cited in Pennsylvania, Maryland too. But sure. I mean, like the legend is still so a part of the New Jersey fabric. That's why yeah. that's the. The hockey team's named the New Jersey Devil. Oh, you can, you go into ghost shops and paranormal shops in the in the like New a Jersey. As it, well as he's a, a mascot as long as, as well as a monster. What does he do though? He's just kind of like a so kind of like a cryptid. So he's an animal with various levels of intelligence based on it, but he kind of just terrorizes the locals. He's been seen eating farm stock. He okay. terror to like you know just terrorizes. Just general runs amok once in a while. It, like, like clockwork, the Jersey Devil comes back into the conversation. He like reemerges. Yeah. And this year alone, there has been like three or four, not only sightings, but photos of the Jersey so Devil. Can I see photos? photos? Yeah. <laughs> what what well, kind of animal wait. is he? So, so he's, he's a goat a, with wings. Well, he's basically a goat with wings. And because yeah. he, he's supposed to be that Mother Leeds had sex with the devil. And devils are like, are goats. And yeah. so this creature emerge that was like a hodgepodge of like an unholy creature oh i think i saw this x-files it wasn't very good it wasn't because it, well, it ended up being like cavemen before i show eric the photo i want to just read the caption this is from nj.com it's on nj.com yeah that's, it, that's, that's the good photo it says little legs so resident dave black captured this photo in galloway <laughs> he believes it may be the jersey devil what do you think <laughs> You don't read a lot in NJ.com, do you? No. <laughs> oh, I love that. In the okay, photo caption, it. there's like... Where, I it's very folksy, NJ.com. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a dark pinata. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a goat it's suspended a goat, in a tree. <laughs> with wings. With some wings. <laughs> that is definitely a stuffed goat that someone <laughs> took a photo of. With wings. If you uh, look up some other photos of the Jersey oh, Devil, yeah. yeah, there's some really scary ones, especially the ones with the horse head. I always yeah, find pretty scary really, looking. With the horse head is really scary. I like this kind of thing. They'll have like a horse skull head. So it's kind of a thing where I think lots of people have heard of the Jersey Devil, but just the name. But if you're from New Jersey, you really know this the story. And my father uh, had relatives that lived in Leeds Point and lived down the street from the house where the Jersey Devil was born. And so in our family, that was one of the first tales you were told, basically. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to switch over the Jersey Devil just because that's such a good legend. This is Bonsai Kittens versus... Jersey Devil. Devil. I think it is a real urban legend. Mothman's had a movie made about him. The Jersey Devil yeah. doesn't really leave New Jersey. Yeah. Like, in name he does, but he is just for New Jersey. Yeah. I'm on board with the Jersey Devil, too. Okay. I agree, and, and I think Bonsai Kittens, while interesting, I don't think would it's be a, a thing show. anymore. Yeah. Like, it, like right now, it's the, that, the Bonsai Kittens time is past. Vodka Soap Tampons versus Bill Murray. So explain Bill Murray. I feel Bill Murray has transcended beyond himself into an urban legend. So the other day we were at a bar and there was just a guy wearing a sweatshirt with Bill Murray on it. Not licensed or anything. Like the sweatshirt was his entire face. Yes. It's like one of those full printings. It wasn't like a Groundhog Day sweatshirt or something. <laughs> I'm sure Bill Murray, I love Bill Murray. Who doesn't? I feel he's just an eccentric old, old guy that's yeah. very talented. I feel as time goes on, more stories will sprout up about Bill Murray. I feel he's an urban legend in the making, yeah. if he's not one already. And that's why I, I, yeah. I my piece on those, Bill Murray. Um, uh, no one will ever believe you stories. 
Yes. Where it's basically just like, oh, I was walking out of a McDonald's eating French fries uh, out of the thing, waiting at a stoplight. And then this dude comes up and just eats a fistful of French, or grabs a fistful of French fries out of my McDonald's bucket. And then I look up and it's Bill Murray and he runs away and he just yells, no one will ever believe you. And everyone, I feel, has a friend of a friend that had a party that Bill yeah. Murray showed up at. Yeah. He maybe has showed up at one party yes. ever randomly, but now he's been showed, he showed up at every party. Yeah. Right? I can't wait to the photo that says, this is a photo that someone took of Bill Murray at a party. <laughs> what do you think? It's, it's just, also a goat. It's just a blur. It's a goat with wings. <laughs> That's a pinata of Bill Murray. Yeah. That's, that's easily as a pinata of Bill Murray. <laughs> I can see the string. And then I feel like vodka tamp- tampons has already been covered by Eric. Because I was trying to find like actual news articles about this because it it's like something that it's fake. Yeah. Like it does not exist. Yes. And then it's funny when you see people covering them because it's often just asking people their opinion, how they would feel if it was in their town. And so you just get people being like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Not here. And so there was one for Phoenix that I liked that had a, the school resource officer saying, this is not isolated to any school, any city, any financial area. This oh, is everywhere. <laughs> uh, no, it's are, not. Are we sure it doesn't happen? It's, like, say you're in college, you're on the dime. Who can afford three shots of vodka? But for you to do it, the it, point of I could So the point of it, this is the thing. The point of it is that when if you're a teen, yeah. like if you're below the age of 21 and you want to get wasted and you don't want a cop or your parents to know you're drunk, you put, do it that way so that your breath doesn't smell like booze. I know. This is reading like good advice to me. Like I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Something that everyone should know that I was reading about online was, like, this would hurt a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, beyond painful to put vodka on a mucous membrane. It would not be yeah. fun. No, but I heard if you take, like, these uh, alcohol through your buttholes, like, really potent. Right, but, but I think exactly what you're saying, if you do the butt-chugging funnel, yeah. the funnel thing, I think, I think that could do what we're talking about. But soaking a tampon, I don't think like can putting, do it. With the tampon, I'm assuming it's vaginal. But that's just, that does That's your assumption. Be. That's my assumption. That's my oh, backpack of privilege. <laughs> well, here's my thoughts on Bill Murray versus uh, vodka-soaked tampons. Is, and this is just me thinking it right now. I feel, and this is maybe a, a weird distinction, I feel the Bill Murray thing feels more like a meme than a urban legend. I was thinking the same thing. It's true. I feel people talk about Bill Murray like they do the Jersey Devil or Bigfoot. He just pops up in your dreams, right? Like he is, if he's not it now, give the knock on wood. (laughs) When he dies, you're going to hear so many stories. There'll be probably Andy Kaufman, like, is he dead type of things, right? Yeah. He is such a mysterious character to, to some people that I, yeah. I feel that he is an urban legend. Like, it's that stuff of like, oh, you won't believe how he picks movies now. Like, a director has to write a plot synopsis on a postcard and mail it to a mailbox yeah. in South Dakota, and then he'll yeah. check it three times it, a year. When he's, on, when he's on Howard Stern, most of the questions are like, I heard you did this. I yeah. heard you did that. I'll become a magical figure. <laughs> but I think I'm going back to that where, like, it's lacking the specificity, you know? Like, the urban legend has to be this, like, concrete 
thing where this is sort of like an abstract. Sure. Something. Sure. Yeah, I'm sticking with tampons just because I agree he's a legend, but I don't know if he's like. He's not. I'm going to say he's not there yet. But maybe if we do this again. Bill Murray will. Sure. Bill Murray will, will haunt your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see him in my dreams. Have you dreamt the star of Groundhog Day? <laughs> Fart. Sneeze. Burp. Versus. Jamie Lee Curtis is a hermaphrodite. Oh, I guess uh, my two topics are against each other, so I'll just sell both of them to you <laughs> and let you guys decide. <laughs> So I feel like the most, like probably the first urban legend I ever heard um, was that if you fart, sneezed, and burped all at the same time, you would immediately die because all of the air in your body just gets released. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing left because it came out of every hole in your body. And I used to get so scared because I'd often do like two at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like two of them would always happen yeah. at the same time. I'd be like, oh no, what about the third? This to me is also related in my mind to if you feed a seagull an Alka Seltzer tablet. Oh, it'll blow up. It'll blow up. Maybe because it's just the burping thing. Also um, reminds me of the um, if you sneeze with your eyes open, your eyes will fall out. Oh, yeah. Which I still think about a lot. And I think it might be true. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a, this is not even an urban legend. It is a family urban legend. I convinced my little brother that he ever, if he ever had to go to the bathroom, uh, uh, to defecate, that he could just standing up, fart, and your body would just know to turn it into fart. <laughs> oh. Nothing bad ever happened, but uh, that was my way of always being able to get in the bathroom when I wanted to. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is one of the earlier urban legends I remember hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I almost put it on my list. So give us some of your research on Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, so I'm actually a little torn on this because um, I heard she was a hermaphrodite. And I was like, well, this can't be true. Her body be banging. Um, but then when I took uh, genetics in college, I learned that she actually has this um, disorder called androgen insensitivity syndrome, which means that she has undescended testicles in her, but no androgen receptors. So she never got any of the like secondary male genitalia and like there's like no uterus in her i I, like i have 90 percent confidence and i refuse to i refuse to confirm with the internet (laughs) like i won't do it but it does it does explain her like slender yet so wait let's go because we haven't brought him up yet let's go to snopes oh so basically snopes is a website where their whole point is people report in urban legends uh, and they research it, and will do, and they have like a very a sort of tiered guide. They'll either have like a green light for true, red light for false. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is categorized as yellow legend, which means they don't. Oh, so, yeah, they also do yeah. one that's um, unproven. They'll do uh, they also yeah, gray. do unproven gray. Uh, um, uh, like some, there's no way to prove. You know, like uh, oh. I guess I can't think of an example right now, but there, sometimes there's just kind of like no way to, to know something for sure if it's so such a broad urban legend. Well, um, I think if the scopes, snopes.com says it's a legend, <laughs> shouldn't it just win this round? <laughs> oh, not even Snopes knows. In a way, both cannot be proven real or not, but I like the impossibility of the burp fart sneeze. <laughs> like, well, well, you're like, saying you can, I think you can prove that. No. The burping, finding and sneezing? If we could, you would explode. There's no way the human body can... Human combustion, spontaneous combustion is an unproven thing. 
but I it's usually not equated in my mind with farting, <laughs> burping, and sneezing. I'm going with farting and sneezing and burping. Okay, I guess that's moving forward. <laughs> Guntown versus humans can lick too. Okay, so this is a real by the book urban legend. What I like about it is because it is. Well, I'll just say the urban legend. Basically, uh, it's, oh, you know, such and such. My uncle told me the story about this woman who's living in the city, and um, she uh, has a guard dog because she kind of lives in, like, a weird neighborhood. Um, and she goes to bed one night, and her dog sleeps in her bedroom, which has an adjacent uh, a bathroom, uh, an ensuite uh, for <laughs> House Hunter fans. Oh, fans? Uh, <laughs> she's asleep, and um, she's got her guard dog. And uh, her guard dog sleeps right on the floor, the right, basically where she, on the floor next to her, on uh, uh, next to her where she is on the bed. And she dangles her foot or hand off the edge, so she can always know that her dog is there. And uh, and the dog will lick her hand or foot or whichever it is in the story um, to kind of let her know that the dog is there. So one night she kind of hears this drip, drip, drip in the um, uh, in the bathroom. So she goes and kind of checks the faucets, and they're not. Uh, um, uh, uh, dripping or anything, and she never turns on the lights. So then she goes back to bed. She hears the drip, drip, drip again. She goes back. She checks the faucets again. The whole time she uh, she goes back to sleep, her she goes to the dog, and the dog will lick her hand and the um, uh, foot. And of course, the next morning she wakes up, turns on in the light of day. She sees that her dog has been killed and is hanging in the shower, dripping down blood. And in the dog's blood on the mirror, it says, "Humans can lick too." And of course, this is that classic. Just there's a someone in my apartment. And it's a home invader. A home well. invader. Uh, yeah, which we talked, <laughs> which you guys talked about uh, before. Um, home invader scenario and like just raw, violent thing. It also kind of keys into like I have my guard dog here, and the guard dog will protect me. And this is that safety you feel about your guard dog is actually betraying you. That and and then there's also there's the creepy pseudo sexual thing of licking your hands or feet. Um, it's got just it's it's very primal, I think. This like so, I'm afraid I'm gonna just vote for your things, but I don't know if it's because they're actually good or if you're a great storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like sitting on the edge of my seat, like with goosebumps. Because <laughs> halfway through, I thought you were gonna go to the peanut butter story where she puts it in oh, her yeah. like yeah. Yeah. No. and the dog licks that. <laughs> no, is no, that no. an urban legend or is people I mean, do that? I think people do that. Deepu, talk to us about gum yeah, tum. So, yeah, gum tum. Um, if the whole idea of an urban legend is you heard this from somebody else, yeah. I heard mine directly, first point of source of information from my mom. So she is a physician, and I guess she also didn't want her kids to chew gum. So she <laughs> lied and made up a rumor when we were younger that she was prepping somebody for surgery who had eaten too much gum, totally <laughs> blocked their bowels, and hadn't pooped for weeks. Your mom tells you this. My mom told me this, and then it got like confirmed everywhere else in the world where people are like, oh, you really shouldn't eat your but chewing gum. most parents have told their children yeah, that, that it sticks in your stomach, sticks in your stomach forever. I know, but I was like a scientist at birth, and I was like, yeah. show me the proof. And she's <laughs> like, I prepped this girl for surgery. Yeah, I think that's more specific. Like, yes, parents will say that not knowing that maybe it is an urban legend. But your mom explicitly lied to you. Yeah. <laughs> to, she to did it. We still don't know. I, I, what I really like about this is that uh, um, it is such an important urban legend that it isn't an oversight that she passed it on to you. Yeah. It was a deliberate choice. I want this, this, the moral lesson of this urban legend is true. I don't want children eating gum. 
So I will continue it on. So I, I, I think the gum in the stomach, I, I, I like gum in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with it for the personal touch. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, I'll vote for gum in your tongue because I like my mom. <laughs> Round two, 9-11 dry run versus AIDS needles. I'm still... <laughs> 9-11 dry run is blowing my mind. It's true. I have chills. I can't handle it. I'm going to have to spend like 20 minutes in my room by myself. It is that different time of, I actually never, no, I never flew before 9-11. I've really? Only known, I've what? only known flying after 9-11. But it's a different time. Now you have to go, you go to the Yankees game, you have to go through a metal detector. Oh, really? oh, I remember because my, my dad's British and so all his family's in a different country. And so we I was flying since I was like a baby. And they, they, I remember times when not only you could smoke everywhere, but then you didn't have to ever be in your seat. You could just be like wandering around. around at all times. And like I my mom would make a blanket bed for me under the chair and I would just sleep <laughs> under the chair. I never had to be in a child seat. I never yeah. had to have a seat belt. You could just like walk around willy nilly whenever you wanted. No one cared. <laughs> it's a very good modern urban legend because it hits on your modern fears. Yeah. And but it still baffles me that those guys did the dry run. No one, but also that they were so together that they uh, like they practiced. Yeah, like that's pretty scary and, and crazy. This is why I think it's a great urban legend because I'm only ninety five percent convinced that it's true, and I'm gonna tell everybody tomorrow. <laughs> Everybody tomorrow is going to hear this. So I got to vote for it again. Zara, do you want to battle for AIDS needles or is it over? I I love that. Okay, so the Mothman's just in the wake of these stupid AIDS needles. (laughs) Poison Halloween candy versus fiberglass tampons. I'm going to say, for me, as a a woman, um, fiberglass tampons is more like visceral. Like, I, that, for me, when that rumor was going around, was like, oh, my God. Well, well I also, I saved this because I knew this was going to get to another round. But there, there's a whole blog called oh. tampaction.wordpress.com that is just uh-huh. uniquely about fiberglass and tampons. It's like a still thriving urban legend. Yeah, but so is Hall- like Halloween candy will never die. It's still so alive. Although, you, I will say... Well, because when Halloween, it will only die when Halloween has been crushed. Well, fiberglass tampons, when everyone's using, when these millennials aren't trick-or-treating and all using diva cups, uh, then fiberglass tampon won't live. What I I like about fiberglass, because to me, they're very similar urban legends. They're both consumer products and they're both threats to your health. What, and this is just uh, my personal take, what what I like about uh, um, fiberglass tampons is it is is that it will harm you and you will still survive and it will always be a threat whereas this is kind of like maybe a nihilistic way to view it it's like well if i get poisoned i get poisoned and i die and it's over versus like this is it will damage me and i will continue to live being and buy by. more tampons yeah but i don't think because you're not maybe not a parent if you're a parent this is like a few i'm sure (laughs) no but i think a lot of times an urban legend can turn an otherwise rational person into an unrational person i'm the one that brought up halloween candy but if i have children i will take them trick-or-treating and i will check their halloween candy (laughs) and i know that it's not it's not real because it's such a low cost but it's also it's it's from a stranger i feel like it just falls into the thing it's like 
Well, where'd your tampons come from? You don't know the people that made your tampons. Oh my god, I don't know anyone who makes <laughs> anything for me! So now I'm thinking, from, there's another distinction between these two, is fear of strangers versus fear of corporation. Yeah. Maybe help with, with Zara here is that another thing that, that people are afraid of and could have ended up in Halloween candy is needles. Oh! I'm still torn on these two. See, we're in the season, right? Yeah. I guarantee by the end of this month, you will either see or read an article about Halloween candy poisoning. I'm going for Halloween candy poisoning because I know fiberglass tampons is fake. The Jersey Devil versus vodka-soaked tampons. I know it was on my list, but I do not think tampon. I do not think vodka tampons can work. Uh, uh, and I'm going to vote against it purely so this urban legend will die because I think a lot of people believe in it and it doesn't make logistical sense. And even I can suspend disbelief for a New Jersey devil, but I, I, I simply don't know how the mechanics of it. And I kind of love the New Jersey devil, even though vodka tampons was mine. I love the legend of the New Jersey devil. I think there's an, a, in the really good urban legends, there's a feeling of, of mayhem. Mm-hmm. And I think the yeah. Jersey devil really kind of plays into that, that mayhem and yeah. that scary kind of like craziness halloweeny kind of feel uh vodka so- tokes tampons just seems like <laughs> you're gonna say vodka soda tampons that is <laughs> way soda. better that is <laughs> i would use that today right now <laughs> with a little twist of lime, twist of lime. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i would only be voting for the vodka tampons as a proxy for the fiberglass tampons yeah, so I'm going to have to go with the Jersey Devil. Fart, sneeze, burp, versus gum town. Yeah, so what's more urban? Everything staying in or everything going out? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go with fart, sneeze, burp, only because I kind of wish we were talking about spontaneous combustion. That's a good one to, to uh, off the list. But that, to me, I, I put that off because that was more a phenomena and not, like, one specific kind of tale. Gum tum is something that I, I lived with as well, like Halloween candy. It's something that my parents scared me with. Ubiquitous gum tum. Adopted by parents and... Uh, once you grow up, I think after 18, no one believes part of these burps. Yeah, but still, some people believe. Except, believe what I liked about fart, sneeze, burp is that I really don't think it can be tested. Like, I think it's like this on on because it can't be done, so it could yeah. be true. Um, and this is coming from a research scientist. A scientist. <laughs> <laughs> They're both really great. Whoever thought of these is really doing their job. Um, <laughs> but for me, fart, sneeze, burp seems like the like more classic. Like that seems classic urban legend to me. I would say the opposite. To me, gum tum is classic. Yeah, I, I still have this visual in my head of someone's stomach filling with gum. Mm-hmm. And gum tum, for, I feel like somewhere deep in my heart, it's fact. Like, now, yeah. I swallow gum now. And if like, I can't, no matter I'm what people it. tell me, I feel yeah. like that gum is going to stay forever. I've seen gum come out the other end. And if you've ever had a, a dog or a cat that swallowed gum, you know it comes out the other end. Oh, God. <laughs> but, like, for people, does it come out the other end, like, in one piece? Like, I don't swallow it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to vote for it. <laughs> gum tum. Gum tum. Round three, nine eleven dry run versus poison Halloween candy. Nine eleven dry run feels so now yeah. 
And Halloween poison candy feels so forever. forever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like 9-11 Dry Run is a great urban legend. We had our moment with it this episode. <laughs> Um, but children won't be told the tale of James Woods. Yeah, that's true. Candy. Some children yeah. may be told the <laughs> legend of James Woods, <laughs> but not all children. If this is indeed the failed dry run for the 9/11 dry run in this tournament, I do want to just go on the record saying, as soon as I saw that we were going to talk about urban legends. This wasn't even half a second delay of like, oh, my number one pick is Night of the Absolutely, just right away. I was like, that's my favorite urban legend, even though it's true. And I'll have to fight the whole well, way. Well, some of them, true. they all have shades yeah. of truth, yeah. or, some, or some of them are, are flat out true. It has shades of falseness. There is a lot around 9 11, because we yeah. didn't get into loose change, but that it was perpetrated by the government. Or folding There's, those dollar bills. Oh, yeah, yeah. folding the dollar oh, yeah. bills. Oh, my favorite thing was that um, it, this was from Snopes that Chipotle. <laughs> the Never Forget ad? The Never Forget ad, which was fake. Uh, well, again, if we're, if we're, if I, I'm already letting 9 11 uh, uh, dry run die, but I also want to say in other 9 11 urban legend, uh, um, I distinctly remember on 9 11, remembering that the pilot, I believe the pilot episode of The Lone Gunman. Yeah. Oh, but that's not urban legend. That's not urban legend. So, 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 super true. so yeah. the pilot episode of The Lone Gunman, uh, they thwart a terrorist plot by the government to crash planes into the Twin Towers, which is the loose change theory. Yeah. Uh, but they basically called 9-11 six months before it, six months before it happened. And that show failed, not just because of that, because it was a pretty bad show. <laughs> The Jersey Devil versus Gumtum. Here was my thought on Gumtum that I didn't express last round. What I like about Gumtum is, uh, is the seven years aspect. And I think that is its own tag on, uh, if you were to categorize things, you can tag a lot of uh, um, urban legends with seven years. Or 13. Or 13 Because yeah. with Jersey Devil, it was yeah. uh, 13th, child. 13th Child. With the Mothman, it was 13 months. Yep. 20 years, 13, 13 times. Uh, um, but for gum tum, it's in your stomach for seven years. And there's also the urban legend that all your cells die off. Like you basically regenerate all your cells every seven years. Yeah. Um, that's Which, another urban legend. But there is truth in it that your taste buds do regenerate and they More do evolve. Than that. Yeah. And so you do taste things differently. Because you they rub off. Yeah. Um, but seven years bad luck for a, a mirror broken. Uh, what, that is one aspect of it that I. Yeah, no, I also I like gum tum because I, I have vivid memories as a child thinking about the seven years and the pieces that were like two years old versus six years old versus seven years old. <laughs> Just like waiting. floating around together. And they get their launch date and get the Yeah, leave. and then they be like released. <laughs> I just like the idea of Baby Zara sitting on a blanket bed underneath an airplane thinking about all of her So for me to defend Jersey Devil a little bit here, because uh, I, I have to represent New Jersey. It's in America. Is it in England, Zara? Is Gum Tom in England? I guess. You, is it? I, yes. Jersey Devil is highly localized, which I feel 
kind of goes back to what we said at the beginning about an urban legend being something that feels like it came from a specific place, a specific tale. Uh, Gumtum, I don't know if you could really trace it back. I'm sure Snopes might have some place, some TV show that it came in on. But I feel that Jersey Devil has that roots kind of feel. But because it came in really in the 1900s, it's not folklore. It is like in the modern era, it is a real invention of post-industrial age. It's still being post and, and it's still, still being I, I really to me, it's still being I, I really to me to me that made the difference of like oh this is a legend from the 1700s this isn't an urban legend and a video pull up the video pull up the video wait there's a video pull up the video changes everything oh oh I feel like you sat in that video I did sat in that video I did sat in that video that is definitely a sway. That is very. That is a listener. You're, you're gonna. Yeah, this is a 17 second video of a tree line uh, at dusk, and it, it's kind of a shaky video. And then this very poorly animated <laughs> New Jersey Devil silhouette kind of goes uh, across the screen. It did make me laugh. See, to me, the fact that it keeps. That it is still alive. Like for, I think that was one of the things that really soured me on the Mothman. It was like that felt like for a while it was very active, and then people were like, a general like that was all over New Jersey news. Like every time, it almost feel like every time the Halloween season rolls around, it's like, guess who's back in business? (laughs) Has Deepu watched it yet? (laughs) Oh, I didn't want to watch it because I um, didn't want to. I'm saving it for right before I go to bed. <laughs> I wanted to scare away that guy. That was <laughs> Is that a New Jersey Devil? I'm out of here. Um, I don't know. What's everyone thinking? I, I'm, I'm going to Jersey Devil because <laughs> the video evidence. I'm so going to go with Gum I have to go with Jersey Devil. I love Gum I have to go with Jersey I'll go with Jersey Devil because of that video. Final round. Poison Halloween candy versus the Jersey Devil. I made it to the finals. He's proud. Bruce Springsteen's gonna walk in the door, give you an award. Oh, Brandon versus Brandon. Uh, you know, I haven't been a fan of the Jersey Devil along the way, so I'm gonna go. Candy is this? It's tried. It's true. No, it's just like a really like the epitome of an urban legend in some ways, right? Yeah. Uh, what I, what I, and this is sort of future casting. What I like about it is, uh, for Halloween candy, is uh, um, it has never been true. However, all it takes is one year where someone poisons a candy, and all it takes is one person to do it, and it will gain so much new life and could theoretically kill the holiday of Halloween. If it was real, there would be, be no Halloween. Be Sadly, over. already no fading off. But I feel like if it happened, I want to like teach. I actually don't like talking about this topic because if the Jersey Devil was found to be real, our whole awesome, it's like any sort of coelacanth, right? That that fish that was there's only like a couple of them and it came back because it was extinct. Or like finding water on Mars. I'll share one more. Young Brandon story that I was saving by the Jersey Devil. Oh, you're, you're just 
you, yeah. you save these stories so yeah. they any time is going to like I said, my dad grew up with cousins that were had a house down the road from the Leeds house where the Jersey Devil was born. He had a book about the Jersey Devil that had all sorts of photos and, and pictures. And it was such a scary book that it was hidden under his bed, literally under him, under his bed, because as children, that's the only place we saw it to be safe. If you wanted to get it to like read it and face your fears, you had to brave the under the bed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why would you right? put it there? That's the exact opposite place of where that's I would put it. That's the scariest place. Yeah. That it could grab you and, then and it- the cover of it was so scary that it was ripped away. I don't there's so many books on Jersey I can't I don't know which one. And you it don't is. know what it looks like because you ripped it up. You were so scared you had to cover your eyes with the cover, so you ripped it up. Uh-oh. No, like it was so scary. Like the book could exist, but the cover had to be destroyed. And you, you ripped it off and threw it away. <laughs> you threw it to, away. To deprive it of its power. Like, is this um, like the dust jacket? Or like the, is it a paperback book? The paperback book. With the cover ripped off. So that is how powerful the Jersey Devil was in my household. All right. For that story, Jersey Devil <laughs> wins on my book. Jersey and well, the photo. Some excellent story about candies <laughs> <laughs> from my childhood. From your childhood? Well, I, I think we all have those stories of having to sit there, not allowed to eat our Halloween candy yeah. until our parents check the bags. And if there's any baked goods, my mom would just throw them away. Well, yeah. Yeah, I remember we had a caramel apple that someone probably oh. spent a long time yeah, that was making yeah. and just tossed, yeah. just tossed. And that was such a sad part about, it. I think, really coming to a head while we were children, was there were still people that were doing caramel apple. classic, yeah. nice, nice stuff. Like they were doing bags of loose Halloween candy, yeah. which is so nice. Someone must have spent a lot of time on that. Now it's going to be jump rules. drives. <laughs> Candy corn jump drive. Yeah, but I hear those jump drives have viruses on them. <laughs> I I gotta still gotta go with Halloween. This is a purely gut. Oh no, we have our because I tie. don't. Oh no, no it's, there's no ties. The angry men. This still. <laughs> it's hard because I love that beautiful story. You know what? I think it has to be candy because that's like everyone. Yeah. That's a that's a worldwide thing and even if other cultures do not have halloween there'll be a similar equivalent it all comes down to stranger danger yeah it is the ultimate stranger dangers yeah yeah so candy oh that was so sad <laughs> jersey devil made it to the final <laughs> yeah he did it's well it's totes babes urban legends number five was fiberglass tampons number four 9-11 dry run number three gum tum number two Jersey Devil and number one poisoned Halloween candy. Yeah. <laughs> now we pull out our fave tote, where inside of it is all of our favorite things right now. So, Deepu, what are you pulling out of the fave tote? So, mine's quite literal this week because I went to the grocery store with my tote bag and put in my fave tote and subsequently pulled it out, which was uh, winter greens. Tis the season for our kales, our Swiss chards, our collard greens, and oh I, I'm God. loving it. You're so healthy. <laughs> our winter green gum. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna you Because my favorite gum, I'm not going to give this, this is not my fave tote this week. But it's, it's <laughs> don't, blow, don't blow don't your blow fave tote on this. But it's a uh, winter mint. 
Oh. It's like winter greens. Well, it's also all these <laughs> winter greens are really winter. good for moving your digestive bowels if you do swallow your gum. Good point. Yeah. Good point. I'm scared to share mine because it's so basic and, and lame and that it's adult coloring books. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know you love adult coloring. And they are really calming and it's something I thought would be dumb, but it's actually very relaxing. And You've I gotten have- really into it and bought many markers. Wait, so are I these thought- like adult photos that you color in? No, that actually, they should do that. That That's a brilliant idea, and you should do that if no one has done it before. Especially um, now that Playboy is no longer publishing nudes. Yes, you could take that. Oh, take that. Market. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, different pretty designs, and then you color them in with markers. And I have now fresh markets. But they're much more complicated. It's not like Incredibly intricate, fussy designs that would make a child very annoyed, but for an adult, it's very calming to fill in the shapes and I have fancy markers now and it's my life is very full (laughs) (laughs) I'll go so I went to comic-con this last weekend as I do my favorite thing that I saw there well I walked up to the stand and there were people swarming it and when you see something like that like yo that's got to be something good and so when I finally broke my way through the crowd it was a poster stand of all retro vintagey travel posters for mythical locations but it was such a stressful moment where I had to text Zara about which ones we like could have. Like six different photos. <laughs> <laughs> of which ones could be approved in the apartment. And I felt weird because I was hovering around this stand for so long, just like looking. and like. But I wasn't the only one. Lots of people just, that's why the crowd is all people like, which one am I going to get? So it's like Winterfell or Mordor. Or, or so We ended up with the island from Lost. Tokyo Tokyo Bay. Tokyo Bay from all the Godzilla movies. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But isn't that a real, just the real map? Well, no, it's the fictional with, Tokyo to, Bay. With, the with all the monsters. And oh, and where they have the... Uh, but yes. they look like sort of 1940s travel destinations. Oh. Yeah, like you would see in a travel age. They're really well designed, but also strokes your nerd uh, itch. And so they're available online at Rocket Pop Incorporated, INC. Dot com. So definitely check that out if you're looking for some nice nerd art that's not too nerdy. It's like just nerdy enough. Just nerdy enough. They're very subtle. That sounds perfect. Yeah, if I'm opening up the tote bag, what I'm pulling out <laughs> is uh, um, I, I love mashups. I love all kinds of mashups. They're my favorite. I found this album by uh, a composer or DJ called Neil Ciciarega. That's the artist's name. And the album is called Mouth Sound. It is essentially, every song on the album is some kind of mashup with Smash Mouth's All-Star. And it's, <laughs> they're all, I guess, and, and on the surface, it's very funny. And like, But unlike every other kind of mashup, where it's just like, oh, these two songs share a, a, a beat per minute, and I'll just put them together. I'm, this sounds crazy to say, but every one of the songs says something. Like, it isn't just smashing two songs together. He remixes them and, and does it. I love girl talking, but does it in a very smart way. And they're so fun. And they're also just like, you would dance to these. So that is Neil Ciciarega's album, Mouth Sound. Uh, it's so fun and so funny and just fantastic. And there's another album after that. First listen to Mouth Sounds and then listen to the other one. And it's, it's just great. Excellent. So, uh, Eric, where can people find you on the web? I am on Twitter at... Eric Great. Nothing new for me. Well, it's just, at, no. at Zara FS. 
It's the same, surprisingly. My, my 500 followers. If you're interested. We should fix that. Fix those 500 yeah. followers. Oh, yeah. Follow me. If you want to learn more about Watch What Happens Live or cats yeah. or long articles from the New Yorker, you know where to go. <laughs> um, I, I'm at, at VP Murdy on Twitter where you can just find um, posts about uh, memory research and reward processing. <laughs> But not on Instagram. Not on Instagram. But I'm not on Instagram. But maybe in the next three to five episodes, I'll join. Ooh, if enough people rate and subscribe, it. oh yes, you'll get on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at bb werner, and my comedy history show, Laughing Historically, at YouTube.com/slash/LaughingHistorically. If you like Totes Faves, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find show notes and past episodes of Totes Faves and Laughing Historically on YetiCore.com. And remember, if you sync this podcast episode up with The Wizard of Oz after the lion roars, you will waste a perfectly good viewing of The Wizard of Oz. You have never seen The Wizard of Oz. What? I know, I'm going to do it with this podcast. Now. <laughs> oh! What <laughs> Like, what did you do? I was born in 1999, <laughs> and I just have I've never looked back. YetiCore.com Legendary Show.